On today's show, I'm going to be talking with Thomas Widden and Nico Rummel. They are locations. They have a fun and funky video and song called Moves, and they've got a very interesting way they're promoting it. If you like YouTube reaction videos, uh, you'll be especially intrigued. So welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us. You know, I'm so surprised no one has done what you've done. It's like your music video is basically you're you're out on the street, you, you put these headphones on people and say, listen to my song and react to it. Well, just to be clear, definitely been done to death, I would say, as you said, on as far as like YouTube reaction videos. But this video was uh, drawing direct inspiration from one of the best videos of all time, uh, Short Skirt, Long Jacket by Kate. We... Uh, wanted to make an homage to that video and, and really did it exactly the way they did it 20-plus years ago. Well, I think what makes yours so special is that it takes place in Brooklyn. Oh, definitely. Hometown hero. <laughs> <laughs> so both of you, um, where are you from originally? Uh, Nico, or are you a New Yorker? I'm originally from Connecticut. Uh, born and raised. Um, I then moved to California for like a year back in like 2011 and then moved back to Connecticut and then moved to New York in 2017 and been here ever since. Okay, five years. You're practically a New York native now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the five-year mark. And how about you, Thomas? Where are you from originally? Uh, I grew up on Long Island. And then I uh, moved up to Connecticut for a few years at the end of high school, which is where I met Nico. And I've been in Brooklyn for a decade now. Okay. Well, hey, I can actually say I'm on the West Coast, but when I first went to New York, I stayed in Stamford, Connecticut, and got to take the train into New York. How so, is Stamford? I, I got I liked it. You know, I, I think for people coming out of town, one great way to see the states and the countryside, take that long train. You'll see a lot of stuff you won't see anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> you guys probably just think, oh, I got to get off that commuter train. But, hey, for me, it was kind of special. But for, for you guys um, with moves, is this a little bit funkier than your normal sound? Oh, Definitely. I think um, our older stuff was a lot harder, heavier maybe. Um, definitely not as funky, definitely not as danceable. Um, and, uh, you know, the stuff that we've got coming up too is also like very hard in the other direction. Um, from what moves is, it really feels like its own kind of standalone special track. Um, and I think a big part of it is that uh, the day that we wrote it, I think Nico was listening to disco all day long and he came over and nice. said, Hey, let's work on writing a song. And he was like, yeah, you know, I want to write something really dancey. I've been listening to disco all day. And I was like, all right, show me what you got. Take like two hours I like that. So, so Nico, well, Nico, what were you, what are your favorite disco tracks? Oh man. Um, Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive. Um, I had this Pure Disco 2 CD when I was like 10, and that was the first song off of it. And I would just <laughs> listen to that and like Wild Cherry, 
but now, you know, I love like Bootsy Collins and like Funkadelic and, you know, all that stuff. And that just has like great guitar work, like Eddie Hazel and, you know, stuff like that. Getting into the funky guitar. How about some early Chic and the Nile Rodgers? You know, I never, I never dove into it. I'm, I'm very particular guy. And when I, you know, when I get introduced, like I like to naturally fall into like these like musicians, like, Oh, someone's like, Hey, you should listen to this. And I'm like, all right. And then I like, just go full blown like research about them. But I never like, it's hard for me to like, find music on my own. Mm-hmm. Well, this is your well, Thomas. Well, 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 when Nico had this, this disco uh, moment and, and how did you think, okay, let's incorporate some of the funk into our music. What was that like? You know, we never really tried to focus on uh, what we sound like. We really just want to make something that we're excited about. That sounds good. So I think like we went in with that mentality of like wanting to make something, uh, you know, positive and dancey. Um, but really it was just like Nico messing around on the guitar for a while until, you know, that riff came out and all of a sudden he played it. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. what was that? Play that again. <laughs> and uh, nice. just kind of, you know, followed it from there. It really, it poured out of him. He, he, he you know. Is that where the title came from? Moves like, you heard the funk, so you just had to make your body move to it? You know, I think it, we might have finished the lyrics. We definitely finished those lyrics on the day within just a couple of hours. And I think we were just, like, looking at what we had written. And we're like, okay, well, we were talking about nobody's got the moves you do. That really feels uh, emblematic of, of the rest of the song. And it's a cool title. Let's just go with that. I don't think we've ever really overthought our titles they, they usually just kind of come mm-hmm. sure well tell me what are the logistics when you do an on the street reaction video did you already have the people lined up or did you just randomly go up to strangers and ask them to listen to the song yeah we let them come to us but uh yeah we started off with a sign that wasn't really getting any attention so i just started uh you know, asking people if they want to be in a music video. I think I said, do you want to be in a music video? Probably a thousand times over the, I think we shot it over four days, probably like 20 hours in total. Um, and, you know, we'd go like an hour and a half, two hours sometimes without getting anybody who wanted to like stop and give us their time. Like understandably, you know, very uh, classic New York reaction to being bothered on the street. Um, but do you think they thought had, you were trying to sell them something? Uh, probably. Who isn't, right? I mean, aren't we? <laughs> well, do they still do this? I remember back back in the day, uh, these people would come up and give you a personality test, and, and that would eventually like lead to, I don't know, a Dianetics seminar. Oh, boy. No, I can't say I've ever experienced that. Yeah. Okay. Same, I'm dating you, guys, you guys are young. <laughs> well, I I love them because you can just see in their face when they like it. But what was like some of the best vocal reaction? Like when when 
when you said, hey, what do you think of this song? Is there anything that's stuck in your mind? I mean, I think probably the best reactions that we got were when people listened to the whole thing. Because everybody we talked to, we were like, you know, you only have to listen to it for a minute or two. It's, it's a four-minute song. And uh, I, like more than three quarters of them went all the way to the end, which was like very flattering. And then what was totally surreal is seeing these people who are listening to the song for the first time start singing along to it. And it's like, oh, okay. It's catchy. It's easy to learn the words. I think, uh, you know, we've got a good one on our hands. That's really cool. Yeah, and you know, I think with New Yorkers, you know, you know, you say that they're kind of suspicious, but it seems like when they agree to do it, that they're all in, they're full force. Well, that's what was kind of funny is because, you know, it'd be like, hey, do you want to be in this music video? And then they'd be like, uh, yeah, okay, come on, like, let's listen to this. And then, like, they, they have this, like, poker face. Like, they don't want to, like, react to it. And then they hear the first riff, and then they start smiling. And I'm like, that makes me feel good. <laughs> like, they just can't help it. You know, it's like we wrote – like, when we wrote the riff, I was just like, we got to get these people, you know, smiling and dancing and you can just see it as soon as they press play you hear oh oh i wasn't expecting this and then it all goes you know from there <laughs> sure yeah i think you know so the natural the instrument... assumption oh sorry go ahead oh i was just gonna say what's the instrumentation of your band like who plays what uh so me tom i play drums and sing and Nico plays guitar and also sings. We kind of like trade off lead vocals. And then um, for the recording, on our EP, we hadn't really done any bass. It was just drums and guitar. And we realized with moves that it really, uh, at least for the recorded version, uh, would really benefit from throwing some bass in there. And I think we split the, the work about 50-50. I think we both wrote our own bass lines and then sent them to each other and then picked out our favorite pieces from, from each and then recorded whatever pieces were ours that we wrote. So we kind of divide and conquer on the bass, but when we play live, it's just drums and guitar. Okay. So you both played bass on the recording. Yeah. Oh, impressive. I like that. The, the dual bass. So uh, <laughs> once you get into a funky bass, it's pretty infectious does it seem like something you want to incorporate into all your music down the line? Uh, definitely. I think um, just recording moves really uh, kind of showcase for us how much bass can open up what a song can actually be. And I think that we have been like really trying to make sure that the guitar and the vocals are filling up as much space as possible and we still want to make that happen for our live show. Um, but for the recordings, I think we're definitely going to continue with this um, idea of, you know, us both kind of writing what we think the baseline should be and then kind of talking about it and making some kind of hybrid single track of, of what it winds up. Um, and as far as like the live stuff, you know, someday I'd sure love to be able to afford to pay somebody to, play our baselines, but I think there's uh, not not space 
for the, the creative input of a third person for right now. So I think uh, our mm-hmm. live show is just going to be the two of us for a long time. Yeah, and so also, you're in, gonna addition to, uh, in addition oh, to go that, ahead. you know, um, you know, so the the EP we recorded at, uh, you know, a bunch of different studios. So we were kind of on studio time. And now with this new album, you know, we're, we're taking the more like we want to record ourselves approach and then get it mixed and mastered, you know, elsewhere. So it's like being able to add the bass and spend time working on the bass and figuring it out. It's like the more time that we have to experiment with these things, just the more, you know, the better it's going to sound because we have more time to work on it, basically. Absolutely. Well, you know, besides your music, you guys are really upfront with your causes. And, and I really took notice of one. It's this anti-corruption initiative. And you guys are, seem really passionate about that. Uh, definitely. Uh, represent us. Excellent organization. Everyone should check that out for sure. Um, I think they're doing some of the most important work in the country. I think a lot of the things that are wrong with how our uh, political system works, um, they have the solutions for. You know, things like uh, ending gerrymandering and publicly funding elections, ranked choice voting. Uh, it's, it's stuff that polls extremely highly with, with most Americans and uh, would really take a lot of the power away from, like, corporate interests and, and big money donors and give the power back to the people. And, uh, you know, there's no way to fix the system if the people don't have the power. So I think that uh, that organization needs as much attention as possible. Um, there's lots of uh, great celebrities getting involved with them too. And uh, hopefully they, uh, you know, get the amount of people that they need on board. There's a, there's a great study that says that uh, social change doesn't happen until 3% of the population actually cares about it. So, it's a, a lot less people mm-hmm. than you'd think to, to cause real change. And I hope that that movement can continue to grow and, and get more people interested and involved because it's really not a political issue. It's, it's uh, an American issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as part of that, I was reading on your site, uh, shorter term limits for, for uh, Congress. Yeah. Let's do it. It's like no, no, uh, n- none of none of these decade-long people who are just sort of kind of uh, going by rote in their job and not necessarily doing anything fresh for the people. Yeah, need uh, new ideas. People who aren't career politicians. Yeah, I think like mm-hmm. uh, back to the the, the founding fathers. You know, they didn't ever expect career politicians. They wanted regular people to stand up and, and represent regular people. So everyone's interests were represented, and you do that for, you know, a term or two, and you go back to whatever your career was. Um, that's not what we mm-hmm. have anymore. Yeah. Well, that's taking a big stand. I know a lot of artists, you know, they have their causes and, and do them, but it seems like you're really leading with that and not shying away from, from just diving right into the center of this? Yeah, you know, I think that you know, why, why not? You know, there's, there's so much going wrong in the world. What, am I going to sit here and do nothing about it? 
uh, I think that's ridiculous. I think we all need to be taking action. And I think my main goal right now with, with this band, with making music, is to use it to draw people's attention to how they can create meaningful, positive change in the world. Uh, I think, mm-hmm. you know, Represent Us is doing some of the best work around. The Campaign for New York Health, you know, we, we really decided that every time we put out a song, we want to highlight a specific issue we care about in an organization that people can support or in actions people can take uh, to try and affect change. So for moves, we're talking about healthcare as a human right and uh, the campaign for New York Health, an organization trying to get the New York Health Act passed. Uh, I know you're out on the West Coast. Um, they're trying to get CalCare passed over there. For some reason, we can't get that over the line. Um, but here in New York, we've got the New York Health Act. It would give everybody uh, access to universal health care at the state level. It has the votes to pass, but uh, the people in positions of leadership and the governor have not come out in support of it, so they haven't brought it to a vote. And, uh, you know, the bill hasn't passed yet, despite it being the clear choice to, to you know, provide all New Yorkers with uh, access to health care. It's... Um, it's a human rights issue. Sure. And, you know, anybody we talk to on the street uh, about it believes healthcare is a human right. And, uh, you know, our policy doesn't reflect that. So we're trying to mobilize people to uh, use their voices. Well, before we, we go into our final heat here and wrap up, uh, let, let everyone know how to find you, your website, and especially on your website where they can learn about these causes also. Definitely. Thank you. Uh, locations, the band everywhere. You can go to locations, the band.com or locations, the band on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, we've got a link tree in the bio where you can, uh, learn how to take action, uh, and use your voice for universal health care or to fight corruption. Um, you can, uh, sign up with those organizations, start getting information from them. Um, we have a show coming up. That's going to be a fundraiser for the campaign for New York health at Our Wicked Lady in Brooklyn on Sunday, October 16th. Uh, tickets will be up next week. And, um, yeah, locationsoftheband.com is probably the best place to start. Excellent. Did you come up with the name locations? Nico, you want to take that one? Yeah, sure. Um, so we are uh, both location scouts. So basically we photograph locations for, you know, filming uh, for productions. Uh, they, you know, they'll give us a, a script and say, hey, go find a warehouse. And we go out and we look for a bunch of warehouses and then take photos of them and present them to the, you know, the team, the director and all that. Um, so it's just our, our job and we decided let's use it, you know, locations, the band, locations, the business, like, every, you know, it's, locations everything oh what a cool job did you like um what's that big one that shoots uh the reboot of sex in the city did you find them any locations <laughs> no nah, that one wasn't us that's some friends on that one yeah though. same so yeah, is there any like tv that, shows any anything i'd recognize uh that you've worked on lately uh, you know, um, if you look up our uh, our names on IMDb, you can see our, our whole resume. We've definitely worked on some cool stuff, definitely worked on some bad stuff. They're, uh, you know, it's a day job. 
Nice, nice. Well, so after this, you know, this was you, your location was out on the street with moves. Motivation video to find a really cool location for yourselves. Oh, we just wanted to stick around our neighborhood. Um, so we were just go- kind of going along uh, the L train stuff. We both live off of the L train after a long time. So we're just kind of like going where the people are. And, uh, yeah, wanted to keep it in the neighborhood. We thought about going into the city or we thought about going to different parts of Brooklyn. But, you know, we thought, uh, one, keep, keep it in the neighborhood. And, two, you know, why – why not be a little lazy about it? <laughs> yeah. And what would be the logistics? Oh, go ahead. Um, yeah, I was just going to say in addition, um, you know, even though we were in our neighborhood, you know, we're, we're both trying to find a good shot. Like, oh, should we do it here? And then we were like, oh, the, the sun's gone down. Okay, let's go across the street. So we, you know, we at least like thought about where we were trying to shoot, but we wanted to keep it in, you know, our areas that we are familiar with just because it's like, you know, we talk to the people afterwards and like, Oh, you're from around here. And we're like, yeah, we're right around the corner, you know? And like, that's it. It's like a really nice friendly conversation. And it's kind of personable because it's like neighborhood, almost like neighborhood friends, you know? You're, you practically are like, like a grassroots neighborhood watch program now. <laughs> Yeah, trying to mobilize uh, the neighbors. They see you as stewards of the community. (laughs) Hey, uh, the one thing I was going to ask, so since you're Brooklyn, it would probably be a a logistics nightmare, but could you, like, shoot in in Dodger Stadium? Dodger Stadium. I mean, it's doable. I... Not for us, you know, they are expensive. <laughs> I've definitely, I've scouted uh, City Field before. I know, oh, Nico, haven't you shot in Yankee Stadium? Yes, yeah, we shot at Yankee Stadium before. That was cool. Yeah. I got to walk on the field. Yeah, it was really cool. Everyone there was super <laughs> nice, too. Yeah, the contact. Well, everyone wants permits. Yeah, I mean, do you ever do guerrilla filmmaking, even though you know you need the permit? Do you just, like, run into a location and shoot and then get out of there before anyone notices? I mean, not for the band. And as far as, like, for work, for real production, um, I think if you're out on the sidewalk and you're not putting down a tripod, if you have, like, a handheld camera, you can kind of shoot anywhere. So that is usually the way to... Um, you know, get around getting a permit for that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, anytime you're going on private property or inside a business or anything, you have to have permission to be there. Cool. And that's kind of like where our job comes in. You know, our whole job is like not only finding those places, but starting those conversations. It seems like your location work has given you just really good business savvy for your music careers as well. Yeah, you know, it's definitely a great experience. I think one of the best experiences that we get from our job is that we get to meet and spend time with all kinds of people. You know, sometimes we're looking at multimillion-dollar penthouses or we're talking to, like, some massive event space or we're talking to, like, 
a church in the middle of nowhere or we're, you know, looking at some crappy apartment building's roof and, and like, hating the people who live around that neighborhood. And, uh, yeah, we get to meet all kinds of people in all kinds of different situations, you know, everywhere throughout the city. And I think that it gives us a really unique perspective on, like, not only being able to talk to anybody and being able to approach just about anybody, but, uh, you know, kind of learn about what different people are experiencing. Nice. Well, I really appreciate you guys sharing that. And, you know, not only for your music, but for your, your political action, you know, the anti-corruption initiative, health care for everyone, and that you're combining it with such great music is even better. Uh, the new single is Moves. The band is Locations with Thomas Whitten and Nico Rummel. Hey, you guys, I think you're, you're representing your neighborhood, and Brooklyn should be very proud of you guys. Thanks so much, Thanks Kelly. So much. It's been great.